Welcome into the Invest Well Show. I'm excited that we're going to be venturing into a three-part series. This is part one of the series, and the series is going to be called Preparing Your Portfolio for a Market Crash. Listen, the market moves all over the place, and depending on when you're watching or listening to this, there can be some volatile times in the markets. How do you prepare your portfolio for a crash? You're not going to want to miss this series. Part one today on the Invest Well Show. All right, so everybody wants to talk about making money, right? How do you make money? How do you grow your wealth? How do you how do you make money, make money, make money, make money on your money? And it's all exciting. Everybody wants to do that. I get it. But I remember back to uh, what Warren Buffett said. You know, he often said, rule number one, if you know his philosophy, is don't lose money. That's right. And rule number two is see rule number one. <laughs> so at the end of the day, one of the greatest things that you can do along your investment journey is not lose a bunch of money. Now, as you invest in markets, as you invest in real estate, as you invest in private equity, as you invest in you know maybe annuity structures, as you invest in uh, other types of investments, depending on the way the investment or product is set up and works, you can have ebbs and flows. You can have ups and downs. You can make money and you can have some losses. That is a natural uh, process of investing. And I think sometimes people can get themselves into a place where they can cause kind of knee-jerk reactions when markets pull back or repress. But the, the, the answer isn't always just to ride it out. And that's why uh, I wanted to do this three-part series. So part one today is understanding your risk. You got to understand your risk. And that's, I think, one of the most crucial pieces of preparing your portfolio for a crash and by the way, they will happen. You know, there's a lot of sentiment, a lot of conversation, a lot of analysts out there that are talking about, well, the markets could do this and the markets could do that. But crashes will occur. I remember on the six years uh, where I commentated nationally, right, for CNBC, I was on Squawk Box a fair amount and Fox Business and, 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 and Bloomberg and wrote for the Wall Street Journal and all these other organi organizations. And one of the things that people often did not really want to discuss is the market crashing or what that looks like because that's kind of negative and it's fearful. They want to talk about the next best opportunity. Here's that next best Amazon stock where you're going to make thousands of percent return and it's going to be amazing. But one of the things we have to understand is we have to prepare our portfolios for a crash. And one of the ways that happens is through understanding risk. We got to know that in any given in period of time, if you look historically back at the markets, I've done a lot of uh, research and study around demographic investing and how that affects economies, how how the demographics affect markets overall. Well, what does that mean? We're talking about, you know, the, the baby boomer generation and Gen X and Z, Gen Z and Y and A and B and C, D, E, F, G, <laughs> all these generations. Right. And how does it affect things? Well, you know, we think of the boomer generation and we think about that season or period of time between. 1982, basically until 2000, one of the hottest periods on the market overall. Why? Well, because that generation was starting to make more money than any generation in history, and they were investing that money into investments uh, in the market. Why? Well, because pension plans had gone away. So 401k plans were on the rise and 403b plans and profit sharing and all of these opportunities as different ways to prepare for retirement. So now we say, okay, well, 
we get that, and there there is movement in markets. But Mike, is the market really going to crash like it did in uh, back in you know the the Great Depression era? Well, no one fully knows the answer to that. What we do know is I'm recording this in 2022, January 2022. We know that there has been a tremendous, a tremendous amount of money uh, that has been infused into the markets through the Fed's monetary policy. We know that for sure. We also know that in a 10-year period of time, sometimes 15 years, but typically a 10-year period of time, we're going to see two to three years, potentially, where the markets are going to pull back or go down. And if you take a look at, as an example, the year 2000 versus uh, 2010, you're going to see this chart on the screen, the year 2000 versus 2010. If you're listening to this via podcast, obviously you might be looking out the windshield (laughs) or you're looking at your neighbor on the the treadmill as you're running. I don't know. But if you're watching this on video at investwellshow.com, or on YouTube, you're going to see uh, the chart on the screen, which shows the year 2000 to 2010. And in that period of time, it was often referenced as the lost decade. Well, what happened during that period? Well, you know, the, the we were kind of at the end, tail end of the tech bubble that burst in the end of the 90s, right? And then we ended up having the market started to come down already. And then we had 9-11. The market continued to come down. And then in 2003, the market started to recover, and it grew, and the Dow went up almost 100% from 2003 to 2007. And then we had the mortgage crisis. Now, a lot of people don't know that a lot of the reason behind that wasn't necessarily just the subprimes, although that was a big part of it, and they were packaged with garbage inside of them. And a lot of that packaging came from uh, actually the city of London. Many of you don't even know that there's London And then the city of London, the city of London is actually a small area inside of London that literally has zero regulations and anything goes. Well, a lot of the investment deals uh, in the subprime space that went south were packaged by crap, for lack of a better word, to be nice, uh, coming from investments and deals there. So at the end of the day, we saw overall the economies, the markets crashed. They went down and they dropped pretty, pretty significantly. And that affected many of you in your 2008 portfolios. You're listening to this. Now you say, okay, well, Mike, what does that have to do with the overall market? Well, in that 10-year period of time, the last decade from 2000 to 2010, essentially what happened is, is even though the markets had many of the years, seven out of those 10 years, the market was actually up. But because of the strong pullback in, in 01 and 02, and then in 08, they're calling it, the, the terminology is the lost decade meaning that the the markets in general did not make money during that period of 10 years. Now, as you're listening to this, depending on your age, you know, you may say, well, geez, I made money in that 10 year period of time. But a lot of you were working, right? And you were putting money into your retirement account during that 10 year period. So you were participating in dollar cost averaging and all of these other things. But if you were retired and you were just you know, let's say in a, in, a, in a market fund that just tracked the market, you were in a place where you didn't fare very well. And by the way, if you were in a place where you were withdrawing income from your portfolio, the problem was exacerbated even more. So this is a, this is a serious thing. And that's why the first part of this uh, preparing your portfolio for a market crash series, part one is understanding 
your risk. So let's dive right into that. I did a little setup for you, but let's dive into understanding your risk. So when you understand your risk, you're really understanding what could happen to my portfolio? What could happen to my investments should the market turn down? Okay, so right now, as I'm shooting this again, the markets have pulled back this year. A lot of tech stocks have sold out and things like that sold off. And we're seeing a pullback from there, which is pulling the Dow and the, the S&P and everything else down. Uh, but the question is, will this be a bigger issue? Will this actually be a more challenging thing where the markets really pull back? You know, we're seeing some of these new variants come out and all of this kind of stuff. Regardless of the noise and the nonsense there, the problem is, is we still got people beating to the drum of concern and fear. And that's going to cause people to be in a place where they are, you know, shutting things down. I just read a report the other day where Royal Caribbean is is shutting down their their cruises again. Right. Well, that's going to have a ripple effect uh, on the economy and, and things like that. And there's other things like that. So if we do have a significant pullback, we need to understand our risk. So understanding your risk, what does that mean? Well, that means if the market drops 40 percent, right, how much how much negative would you see on your portfolio? So if you've got a million dollar portfolio or five million or 10 million or 100 million or 500 million or 500,000, whatever the number is, right, it doesn't matter. How much pullback would you see? Let's just use 10 million as an example because it's an easy number, right? Simple, easy math. If you got a million, if you got 20 million, if you got 100 million, put every, whatever your number is in there. Well, let's just use 10 million as an example. So let's say you were in an all-in market portfolio. You own mutual funds and ETFs and stocks that were pretty much moving to the beat of the market. Well, if the market pulls back or drops 40 or 50 percent, and your portfolio is pretty close into that line as far as the negative. On a $10 million portfolio, you could literally, at 40%, if you think about this, you could lose $4 million. Now, you might say, well, yeah, but if I, that's only if I sold, Mike. If I just hang in there and I ride it out and I'm okay, then, 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 then you know, it'll come back. Well, that's true. But I think we live in a time today that's different than we did before. We have more debt than we ever did before. We have a government that's out of control. We have monetary policy that just doesn't make any sense in relation to being business friendly. We have political risk in ways that we've never had before. We have all kinds of risks that we literally didn't have 15 years ago. So we have to think about that differently. That's why you must understand your risk. How about let's talk about a specific stock. So let's say you own Apple or you own Tesla or whatever it may be, and you have a lot of your portfolio, 15 20%, 25% in this one particular stock. Maybe it's a company stock, and you have more than that in a company stock. I don't know. That's publicly traded now. Let's use that as an example, okay? Do you know your risk in that stock? In other words, what is the back history of that stock? What, what is the largest pulldown or, or drawdown periods for that stock? Has it been 30%, 40%, 50%? What is it? Do you know what that looks like? Now, oftentimes when you understand risk, you know, you need to understand the multiple risks that you're facing. And again, in this part one series, we want to talk about several of those risks. The first one is market risk. The second one is liquidity risk. Third one is business risk. Uh, another one is political risk. Another one is currency risk. These are all different types of risks 
that need to be uncovered and discovered in your portfolio to say, okay, how are these things affecting my current investments? So important. So when you start to understand some of those risks and you start to understand how that could affect your investments, what happens is you've created a level of education, you've created a level of knowledge, and as you get that knowledge, what happens is, is your confidence actually goes up. You know, you don't want to lose 40% or 50% in your portfolio or 30% or 10%. You don't want to lose anything, quite honestly. But as long as you know what the risk potentially could be, now your confidence goes up. Why does it go up? Not because you want to lose money, but because you know what your risk is. You know what you stand to lose. You know in advance. And now if you're not comfortable with that, now it's up to you to make some changes to reposition to think differently, to change the way you may invest. And that's so important. So again, the idea here is understanding your risk. Do you know your risk in your portfolio? You need to know that. You got to know what that risk looks like. Listen, if you're not subscribed to the show, I'm going to challenge you, whether it be on YouTube or go, if you're listening to this via podcast, to investwellshow.com. There's ways you can reach out to us get thoughts and ideas. Um, always a great place to go to learn more. But this is part one, understanding your risk. Don't miss the next segment. We part two, we're going to talk about another issue that you need to think about and kind of deal with in relation to preparing your portfolio for a market crash. As always, we appreciate your, your taking time to listen and dial in. Listen, share this with someone that needs to hear it. People are so worried right now when it comes to their finances. And these are simple terminologies and simple things that we want to be laying out to you. And in this three-part series, we're going to give you a simple plan to really think about how you can protect your risk and then some ideas of what you can do uh, to kind of reshift what you're doing and where you're going. Thanks for tuning in to the InvestWell Show. Listen, as always, my desire is for you to live on purpose so you can live with purpose. Be blessed. Until next time, see you soon. Keep in mind, the information shared on this show is not to be considered investment advisory advice. For specific recommendations based on your situation, make sure you reach out to a professional, whether it be financial, accounting, tax, attorney, or whatever you may need to help you find the information necessary to make good decisions.